You're listening to the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. It's been a fun day, a real fun day. We've had uh, a fun couple of weeks. We've had uh, Randall Worley a couple weeks ago here. Uh, if you guys are still trying to recover from that, uh, that's a good idea. It's going to take some, some time, hopefully, for all of us to recover from that one and to continue to get your mind uh, around what he was saying, especially about perspective, like what um, your perspective matters. Uh, where your perspective is changes how you see people, yourself, God. And we as followers of Jesus, we are in the business of changing people's perspective. Uh, last week, John was talking about being gates. You guys remember that talk? How heaven has come to earth. Jesus has given us the ability to unlock heaven for the earth. And we as gates are the ones that open that up in Jesus. Jesus is the gate. We're the ones that in him open it up for others. So this week, we're going to continue that line of thinking, both perspective and, uh, and Gates, to do that. I, I feel before we start, John just then led us at the very end of that last worship set through some prayer, and, and, and there was just such a settling that happened in. I'm going to actually continue that. I want to feel led uh, in the Lord to, uh, to continue just being still for a moment. And so if you guys wouldn't mind, just follow me for uh, about three more minutes, because I, um, I know that all of us, we, we've been sensing it in prayer all morning long and all week long, all of us are coming in with, with a lot of just questions and, um, and just various different uh, feelings and stuff like that. And um, whenever you come to Jesus, whenever you come to Jesus, he always exchanges the old for the new, the, the bad for the good, so to speak. He, he always exchanges that which is in your life that's getting in the way of love for his love. And just before we even get off to the message today, I just want to give a demonstration of that. I feel like he's here to give a demonstration of that. So let's pray for a moment. <laughs> Jesus, we, we are here corporately together in, in your name, and we come to our Father together. Lord, I, I sense you leading us together as a corporate body as our shepherd, to the Father. I sense you placing us before the Father right now. He was God. Father, your son Jesus is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. There is none like your son, Jesus. All authority in heaven and on earth is your son's. Father, in this time right now, your authority is on display. You are speaking to your people. And when you speak, there is power in what you say. And right now, you are removing burdens. You are moving mountains. You are raising up your people in this room right now out of deep, dark valleys. And you're placing us all right now on a straight path. a clear path. You are giving us the mind of your son, Jesus, where there's no confusion. There's clarity. There's sight. There's love. Father, it's on my heart right now to remind you in prayer that you have our children in your hands. You have their schooling in your hands. 
You have their, their minds are in your hands. Their hearts are in your hands. We again commit them to you. And Lord, I'm reminding you again that, that we as a people collectively, we believe that what you're doing today is affecting generations to come. And that's really, really hopeful and really good. Father, your son, he, he lived granting to us peace that surpasses understanding. So I ask that you would reveal peace today beyond what we know. And Lord, you would grant to us that power, that grace to lay aside what we know and understand, and even our dependency on knowing and understanding. For the perfect has come in your son Jesus. He will come and he has come. And he's here now. In this place, we have no need of prophecy. (laughs) We're always seeking after what you're doing. So we always are seeking prophecy. But in this place, Lord, of your presence, all cares disappear. And we see you face to face. And our hearts are put at ease. Our hearts are at rest. Lord, I'm going to pause for just a moment longer and ask that you would speak to your people here individually. Father, I see over our, our nation, and I've seen this for years, and so I'm going to say it again. I see over our nation, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Be still and intimately know me, says the Father. Father, thank you that in the presence of true authority and true power, we can be like children. For we have found safety. We have found protection. We have found love that has no end. Fear that has no place. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you much. Uh, So we, uh, we as in my family, with the the Brown clan, uh, we've had a fun week. Elizabeth took uh, our eldest to a uh, ballet camp, Ballet University uh, in Winston, and left, left Daddy by himself with the, with the others. <laughs> Things are different at home, you know, when, when, uh, when Elizabeth is away, and, and that's not a good thing or a bad thing, it's just a different thing. There's, there's, there's the rules of the house that apply when Mom's there, because we need to make sure that when Mom is there, things are in order, because she's got a huge job. But dad doesn't care as much about those things. <laughs> he does in the end. The end goal is always the same. But how we get there is just different. <clears throat> so they were making uh, <laughs> these marshmallow desserts last night. They were dipping it in the, uh, the chocolate sauce and putting the sprinkles you know, on them and, and, and putting little chocolate chips on it and, and putting, you know, little uh, toothpicks into it and just having fun decorating, you know. I don't know where the, the sprinkles are in the pantry, but they found them. And, <laughs> and I'm like, whatever's there, have fun with. And, and, uh, and then, you know, they, they would spill this big tub of, uh, of powdered uh, cocoa 
you know? And you guys know what happens when you spill a big thing of cocoa everywhere? <laughs> it gets everywhere. <laughs> but it's funny when it happens, you know? And it's a lot funny when it happens when mom is, uh, is, is uh, you know, in, in, a, in a rested space, in a joyous space. And, and, and it just happens she wasn't there to see that this time, which is also a good thing at times. <clears throat> You guys know how it is at the end of a hard day if you guys are making anything like with cocoa and it spills. That's the last thing you want to have happen before bedtime. Sometimes it doesn't matter. So we had fun. Uh, and then our, our second eldest, uh, we signed her up in this basketball league. And I thought it was like a, a normal like YMCA league, a few games, you know, kind of get her introduced to it because she's never played before. But it was this competitive middle school nationwide, you know, league for homeschool uh, uh, parents and kids. And so she made it, the whole team made it to the state championships this weekend. So they were traveling and all this stuff, and I'm like, this is a lot. You know, we, we didn't know it was going to be this much of a commitment. But the great thing is that they, they showed the games online, which is just amazing. You know, they're, you know they're, they're videotaping middle school girls that I thought were like a rec league, but it's online, so we were able to watch it, the rest of the girls. We have five daughters, the younger three and I, we were watching them at home. And it was, uh, the semifinal game was... You know, they were ahead the whole time, except in the fourth quarter, and it kept on getting chipped away. Their lead kept on getting chipped away and chipped away and chipped away until the final minute they tie. And one of my daughters grabs me, because, you know, we're not always into watching sports a lot, grabs me by the arm and is like, Dad, have you ever experienced anything as intense as this? <laughs> you know, and I'm looking in that face, it's like, no. <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is uncomfortably intense, you know. <laughs> I was there at the football game where Calvin Johnson and Georgia Tech came back three touchdowns with four and a half uh, minutes left against Clemson. Six foot five, Robotron comes out, wins the game, if you guys remember that. I'm a Tech grad. That was a glory moment before Clemson's glory destroyed ours. And <laughs> was there, you know, watching live when Sid Breen came home with the Braves, 92. And, and so there were some intense moments I've experienced. But this is my daughter's team. My daughters are grabbing hold of me. Have you ever seen anything this intense before? Oh, this is, this is nerve-wracking. <laughs> so her perspective mattered a lot to me. You know, uh, you know after the game, they made it to the, the championship game. They won. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of crying, apparently, nowadays in basketball. And, and <laughs> I didn't know these things either. Um, if I would have been on a team crying after a game, that wouldn't have gone well, you know. And so uh, they made it to the championship game, and they got clobbered. I mean, they lost by 20-something points. There was some team that they probably paid them to play, is what I, what I think. That's the only way you can beat my girls' teams, you know. But this is a Christian homeschool game, so I doubt it, but... <clears throat> they were bringing them in from everywhere, you know. These homeschool people... <laughs> it's all about the perspective. You know, if you're paranoid about homeschoolers, this may make sense, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they wouldn't fly. Um, so per perspective does matter. Uh, we're going to go today and, and look at how, one of the ways of God, we, we know the, the, the deeds of God, it's really important to know the ways of God. Uh, in our community, we, we believe strongly, we seek strongly for God to give us signs. We, we want to see things that cause us to have wonder. We want to see his miracles everywhere. And so we pursue these diligently. Uh, we can see these things as, as maybe outsiders or consumers, but he's asking each one of you in this room to be a participant. He's, each, he's asking each of us to, to get in on the game and to know that we have to know his ways. We have to know the ways of God in order to be able to participate in his outpourings. And he's having an outpouring. He, he's, he's, he's preparing us for it. It's going to be coming in greater measure in the days ahead. Um, and, and so our job is to prepare ourselves like we're always preparing ourselves for Jesus. You know, once, once we gave our, our life to Jesus, he has called us to perpetually be preparing ourselves for his return. Always, every single day. Uh, and a lot of that means worshiping like we just did getting to look at him in the face and seeing his cleanliness and his purity and knowing that that's how he sees us. And so therefore discarding the ways that we might see ourselves as impure or as unclean or anything else that comes along with that. 
Our job is to, to look at the Lord's face and see that he's, he's so delighted in us. He, he loves us. He loves us without reservation. It's actually his good pleasure to give us this love. That's what the word says. And so that's how, that's one way we prepare ourselves. In Luke chapter 12 and into chapter 13 up until verse 8. So if you guys want to open up your word. We have a longer text, uh, or some people call it a pericope. And, uh, and within each text section, there oftentimes is a key to it, you know, what Jesus is trying to communicate in all of it. And in verse 34 of chapter 12, the key, at least one of the keys in this greater passage, is where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's one of the things that we're going to really hike in on today. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. It's very similar to what John was just in saying to us. Like, hey, there's no one else like you. You're, you're beautiful, Jesus. You're our, you're our treasure. And so he's already been preparing us to, to anchor into that. Um, this, is, this section of text is, is a really helpful one for the times that we live on, which has been the times ever since Jesus came. there's wars and rumors of wars and there has been since Jesus came and there will be until he comes back so he says and so our job is to to understand his ways uh, of how to set our heart and our mind and our perspective to be gates into our community into our own lives and all things and so this verse is a key into that I want to encourage you all, we we here uh, at the gate, we're not trying to tell you about God in our teachings like this. This is important, and so in a sense, we are telling you about God, but our call is actually to lead you to your own encounters with God, with Jesus daily as a practice and a habit, because we're sending you all out into a world that is dark, has been dark, there will be darkness around, because you guys are the light. You know, that's a purpose that you have. Your, your purpose is to be like Jesus. As he was in the world, so also are you sent into the world. And he destroyed devils and demons, and he's shown a light in the darkness. And that's your call. And so when we gather together like this, you, you are participants. We, we are not gathering you together to sit there and enjoy a wonderful time, which is awesome. And that's a choice that you have. But our heart really is to equip you and to lead you into a move of God in your own family, in your own place of work, everywhere you go, you are that movement of God. <sighs> so, <laughs> sorry. AJ, AJ said something funny about movements of God before the service. <laughs> I just thought about that. And so, it had nothing to do with the spirit move either. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it's really fun. So, with that in mind, I want to look into it. Um, the, the growth track, again, that, that John talked about, I really want to encourage you guys to jump into this. Um, each one of us, we've been, if you're from the South, you've heard of Christianity. You know, uh, you probably grew up in a denomination. Uh, even if you have, no matter where you're from, grown up in a church environment, you, you have the way that was there with you and for you. Uh, at the same time, each one of you is nonetheless being called into a greater revelation and glory of God. And that's going to require you to step out of what you think it means to be a Christian. Uh, it's going to require you to step out of what you think it means to be a denominational Christian into what we are really aiming at here in this church is an, an ongoing lifestyle with Jesus at all times. And there's nothing against anything that we have talked about before in denominations or like that. That's not the point. But we as a church body, we believe that Jesus is removing the head of the church that's been there over our nation and really the world uh, and instead replacing Jesus as the head afresh. And that's not a knock on anybody else. We're all in our best way trying to figure out how to move with the Lord. But in this time and this season, he's calling you to hear his voice because his sheep hear his voice. And in this growth track that, that John is putting on, you're helping, you're helping yourself to be equipped. We're helping you to equip you how to hear of him, what this church is really about, because there is a, a, a revelation that's happening. We as Christians all believe that God created all of us good, that right from the very beginning, he, he looked at us, he looked at creation and said it's good and very good. And then, and then we decided as, as mankind to, you know, to rebel, to take on that fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, and to remove ourselves from our communion with God and union with God and accept a life of death and destruction and fear and all that comes along with that. 
at the garden, uh, remaining good in image, but corrupted and evil in morality, according to what Jesus would say. Uh, as he was talking to the crowds, he said, you who are evil, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so he was helping us to see that, uh, that, that our identity isn't, you know, uh, isn't, isn't evil, uh, but where we were without God there had become that. And so Jesus is coming to the world to reestablish himself uh, as humanity's spokesperson, as the one who's now recommuning us with God. He is pleading us as, as ambassadors now of the kingdom of heaven, so now we have forever relationship with him. He's restoring what has always meant to be the case, which is heaven is here on earth through his people. When Adam ate of that fruit, the knowledge of good and evil, um, he was able to see something that he shouldn't have been able to see. He saw that he was naked. When he ate of that fruit, when we tasted of sin, we saw things that we were never meant to see. When you perceive, make sure you know what you're looking at when you're perceiving things. Make sure that your perception isn't looking at things that you're not supposed to look at. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And out of the heart flows the wellspring of life. All things flow out of the heart. How you see what your heart is focused on gives you sight. <clears throat> gives you the ability to see the things that you're supposed to see and things you're not supposed to see. You know, in heaven there's no pain, there's no death, and yet this whole week we've been watching war. When you're watching war, whose perspective are you watching it through? We who have been given the heart of Christ and the mind of Christ, we can see things now from a different perspective, and we ought to. When you open up a novel, a, 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 you know, a novel of fiction, and, and you jump into the author's perspective, it's a fairly safe place. You know that there's going to be a beginning and an end, a plot, a climax, you know, resolution, and it's going to give you a sense of safety because you're in a controlled setting. It's been vetted by editors, but also, you know, you, you know that it's, it's just it's a work of fiction. And so that's why we kind of escape into it. Oh, it's good. It's just fun. And, and, and that's, you know, a perspective that we're jumping into. When it, when it comes to the news, that's a very different story. You don't yet know how it's going to be resolved. And you're stepping into it from the author's perspective of whoever is telling the story and running the networks that are out there. And their perspective and I'm going to say this gently, <clears throat> doesn't often know God's perspective. Yeah. And so when you look at the news, and we've been practicing this here as a community for three plus years, when you look at the news, you can often do so looking at it from trauma, from pain, from fear, from all kinds of things, because that's literally the only perspective that those folks know as they are putting it into your living room and onto your cell phones. And so how you watch these things determines what's going on in your heart. Because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And the folks that are on the screen, you can tell that they have put their treasure in all kinds of other things. Yeah. You know, because like, who, who, we wouldn't be doing the same thing if not for Jesus. And so the stories are often from the vantage point of, can you believe what happened, or the horror and the tragedy of this, and look at all the loss in this. And you can feel people's fears and hopelessness and despair rising up because they have no answer to this eternally. And as a result of that, our hearts can get sucked into a place where we have to be careful. We, 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 we enter into places where we have to be careful where that takes us. We were made for heaven. Heaven has no pain. Heaven has no war. We were not made to view these things at all. We are here on earth as intercessors, and so we do view these things. And so how we do so really matters. And so every time we begin to look at these kind of things, and this is just practical, almost like Christianity 101, we have to set our heart in a correct place. And, and maybe this isn't a lesson that you've had to learn before. Or maybe it's one that you've just forgotten or just you know, assumed you know, at times because of your background. It's imperative in these days. And I'm, I'm saying this as one who's, who's also having to struggle through it because it's so intense right now and has been for some time. And so where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And where your heart is allows you to see clearly what is going on. And so in these days, despair, war, loss, fear is all over the place. And if you're just going to assume that what you're watching is the perspective, watch out. 
As intercessors, so you, you and I are priests. We are kings. We are royal. So we, we come at it, you know, I don't know what kings look like. I really, you know, I've only seen actors and actresses, you know. So, but they're, they're confident in, in who they are, in their kingdom, their domain, all these things. It's not threatenable to them. Jesus comes humble uh, and yet completely, completely confident in where he comes from. So that, you know, John 13, I know where I've come from and where I'm going, you know, and, and I'm going to go prepare a place for you. This dude knew where he came from before even the, the, the beginning of time, and he knew that where he was going was a place unassailable to anything happening here on earth. And that's your belonging and your destination as well. And so the key to enter into a place where you can see correctly is to put your treasure in the right spot. And, and I'm, I mean this exactly what I mean. Like, you know, you have to know where your treasure is, and you have to be able to fix it in place and keep it there. And, and this is always going to be a little bit swayed by what's going on in the world. So let me go to scriptures so that you can see some examples. Again, I see where your treasure is, there your heart is also, as the, one of the keys at least, at least one way, that unlocks all these sub-stories that are going on. And so if you look at, um, if you look at uh, chapter 12, verse 1, so at the very beginning of this, Meanwhile, a crowd of many thousands had gathered, and they were trampling on one another. And Jesus, so, you know, this is a context where the people had not heard the voice of God in some 400 years. And they had been oppressed for some hundreds of years by wars, by rumors of wars, by rebellions, by all kinds of things. And in that place, they were, they were wondering, where is our God? Where, where, is, where is he to what's going on? And so Jesus comes in powers and signs and wonders, and they want to know what's, what's going on. They want to hear a true, clear voice, and they're literally trampling over one another to hear it. That's how desperate they were to hear from God. And I, I, I'd hate to see people trample one another here at the gate, but I'd love to see that kind of hunger every single day here at this place. And I really believe for that. You know, there, there have been times in the last, you know, 20 years where there's been places where the, the Spirit of God is so strong that people are waiting hours and hours outside in hot parking lots to hear from what God is saying. And today, this is the day that you can hear from what God is saying in this. And so they were trampling one another. And Jesus says, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. And he goes on um, a little bit. I'm going to keep on going on. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, and after that, do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after killing the body, has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows said for two pennies, sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so is your treasure in making sure that all things are brought to the light? You know, are you online figuring out the conspiracy theory? As an intercessor, are you upset until things are exposed? You know, I can be at times. You know, I, I, I was, you know, I won't go there. So <laughs> with certain things that have happened in the news lately, you know, there is a side of my vengeance that was wanting certain people to get their vengeance. Uh, as they were exposed for doing some terrible things with children. And, and I want things brought to the light. I want them all brought to the light with that. And, and, and yet it seems like sometimes it doesn't always happen when I want to. If my treasure is in all things being exposed now, you see what happens in my heart? Then, then I'm going to be an unhappy camper. I'm going to be pleading with God and making it strong. And yet Jesus has said it will happen. It's going to happen. All things will be brought to the light. All things will. And we hope here, this side of things, but if not, all things will be brought to light. And so my treasure is in Jesus, who is the light of the world, who is the judge of all, who will bring all things up to the surface, and on that day, make his pronouncements and make his judgments. And then he says also, hey, are you concerned about you know, whether you should live or not? Uh, and, and, and so we can also have a treasure of living. <laughs> and I know that sounds kind of like you know, of course we should live. He's like, no, 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 this is actually, there's something more than that. 
there's more than life. Uh, it says in Romans 8, 28, uh, that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the first thing he says after that is not even life, not life nor death. Why would life be something that can separate us from love? Unless our lives are so valuable to ourselves that we actually separate ourselves from God. You following me? And, and so he says, don't fear the one who can kill your body. There's, there's, there's people that I've met here uh, on this planet. Uh, you know, uh, my friend Jim over here, he took us to, uh, to Beirut several years ago. There are people that we know that they were professing Jesus Christ, knowing that as they were baptized, coming up out of the water, their lives from that point forward are, are in harm's way because they were being killed over there for it. They didn't care. We saw on their faces. They, 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 had, they had fled from Iraq, fled from Syria. They had fled in all these places, and they, had, they were not afraid of those who can kill the body any longer. And so their treasure was with Jesus, who rose from the dead. And so where their treasure is, there their hearts were also, and I saw joy upon their faces. We sometimes, and, and I've had severe physical weaknesses over years, and, and I can care so much about self-care that, that I, I lose sleep. And that's maybe not fair to myself, but, but there's times where we can get so cared about our, our life, our bodies, you know, living here in this place, that we let our hearts go astray. But where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If my treasure is Jesus, and not in my body, not how I'm living, but in him there is life, then I experience what true life is. Eternal life. It's a life that ever flows as I look at him. There's other ones, uh, and there's so, there's so many in this fun one, uh, this passage. Um, don't worry about what your life is, whether you eat or drink, in verse 22. Uh, consider the ravens. They do not, wrote, uh, they do not sow or reap. They have no strength uh, or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than they? Um, who, by, who are you, by warning even a day, um, can make a single day of your own life last any longer? And so don't you know that your Father in heaven loves you and wants to give you all these things? So set your heart and your treasure in God, and he'll take care of, like, food to eat. We've got five daughters at home. There are times when, you know, it, it's, not always, it's not always, you know, that, that, that we know exactly where every single penny is going to be coming from for the weeks that we have. Because, you know, we, we live, in a sense, by faith, and it's a lot more fun to live by faith than it is by, by, by confidence and comfort in the things in this world. You know, but as a dad, I want to provide for them. At the same time, my Father in Heaven says, I'll provide for them. Don't sweat these things. And so when, when things happen in our lives, I'm, I set my heart on Jesus. I set my, my treasure in heaven, where he is, where I am with him. I, I raise myself up out of the circumstances of life, and I let him be my, my whole treasure. And so when I'm experiencing anxiety, it's a, it's a clue in to me. It's a little light on the dashboard that says, hey, you know, the, the, your, your heart is drifting a little bit from your treasure being fully in Jesus. That's out there with this. And in these days, when I'm looking out over the news screen, uh, it's what's going on in, in Ukraine, there is a power play happening. I mean, duh, you know, it's my tech name of our country. <laughs> but it's, it's something more than that. There, there, is, there is a fight for authority. And, and who has true authority here on earth? And, and so I prayed what I prayed intentionally because the Lord was reminding me all this week that he is the authority. His son Jesus rose from the dead, and Putin can't raise anybody from the dead, but our God can. And so we put our treasure in the one who already has and will, and let the chips, so to speak, continue to fall as they weigh, as they do, as a place to guard our heart. And so as things are happening, I need to know that there's a true authority and a true power out there that's able to raise the dead. And so we here in, in, in this church, we believe in signs, once and miracles, that God's able to raise up the dead even. And so he's going to be doing these things. He already has been doing these things. We have people that are having deafness healed. It's amazing in our midst. And he's doing so to establish the fact that he has authority over things like sin, and so expect, as things like this are happening in the world, increasing and whatever, expect also, like John said earlier, the, the bride to shine all the brighter. Expect to see his power revealed. Expect also to see people raised up to go into those places to serve. Some may ask, hey, where is God in the midst of this? A great answer back every single time is to look for the helpers. 
Look for the helpers. In every place and every context where there's war and difficulties, look for those that are helping. That's where God is. Look for the difficulty is, look where the widows are, look where the children are not being taken care of, and look at those who come to take care of them. That's God in the midst of this. And so there are some of you that are going to be called to be raised up. And even today, you feel a sense of, hey, I've got a greater purpose in me. You're, you're called to go and help. You're called to go and help serve in our city and around the world in places where they need to have people reminded that there is a good God that's out there that serves, that blesses, that raises up, that speaks words of life. And so we, and everywhere we go, we are gates of heaven because our treasure is in heaven. And so as a result of this, we can release out of our heart that which is good, that which is from above. Everything that's in these passages, he goes on. Uh, I mean, uh, y'all's leisure in these next, uh, next days, please take the time to go through uh, chapter 12 and all the way into a little bit of 13 and, and use this passage, use this key in these passages to unlock what God is doing. I have come to bring fire on the earth, Jesus says in verse 49, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it is completed. Uh, that other word for distress can also mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, intention and constant tension like Randall was talking about. He, he was in such constant tension that he felt distress. And, it, and this is a, an, almost an agonizing sense of, of distress as he was ministering here on earth. Um, also, another way of translating that word is in the midst of distress and tension, Continuing on. I love that. I'm going to continue on in tension until it is completed. That comforted me so much uh, as I was studying that this week. Uh, because there's been tension that I feel and I have felt so much in recent years, honestly. And, and the fact that there's a grace to continue on, I, I see that. I, I see Christ in, in me in that. I see Christ in you in that. And going through the difficulties you have and the tensions that you face, and yet you continue on. Sometimes you don't feel good, do you? I, we have a peace that transcends on all understanding, and yet sometimes there's a distress that's there. And, and we can be, I can be hard on myself in the middle of that. I should be more peaceful. <laughs> I can be more joyful. I want to be more joyful. I also understand that there's times of distress, but as I continue on, I know that it is making a way, not only for myself, but for others. Do you think that I came to bring peace on the earth? No. I tell you, but division. So this is Jesus telling us that he didn't come to bring peace, and yet he's, he has brought peace. Um, from now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And this isn't Thanksgiving he's talking about. This is, <laughs> this is our king. And... <clears throat> And so why does he say this? Uh, so Jesus' treasure is in heaven, and all who follow him, our treasure will be him in heaven and all of heaven. There are those that are in our context where, as we tell them about how excited we are about our treasure, you recognize that their treasure is not the same as yours. And that begins to create a little bit of a separation. Because, you know, I'm not going to do those things anymore because that's not my treasure, that's not my heart. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to use those words anymore because that's not what my treasure in my heart would say. You know, my, my, my words are going to be pure, are going to be clean. And there's a lot that's, that's to that. We who are in Jesus, we have a peace that's supernatural. And so we can walk around in the midst of war and have peace to offer because our treasure is in him. We can offer grace. We can offer love. We can offer joy. We can offer healing. And we will see the dead raised. And so we offer these things. And yet there are people that are saying, don't you care about my kids? I do care about them. That's why I'm here. But I'm not going to let my heart be so distressed because I know my kids, they have eternal life in Christ. They may suffer. We are all going to suffer according to Christ. And they're going to be okay. And you're going to be okay. And we're going to be okay. And they can say, how dare you judge my pain to be not worthy of validating or of living in, like I like to live in it, or like finding my identity in pain. I like to find my identity in pain all the time. How can you tell me that there's peace beyond it? Well, my treasure's in heaven. Where's yours? My treasure's in my pain because that gives me identity. I love what, what Randall said. He's so provocative and he was so, he was so testy with this. He, he said, after the pain has been given to you, and that, that person, they're responsible for giving it to you, but after that, you're responsible with your pain. Oh, that's so offensive today. 
That's why when Jesus comes, he divides. Because Jesus says, give to me your pain, your burdens, as he's already doing today in our midst, and you will have peace. Because I am your treasure. Let me be your treasure. Let me exchange the old from the new. Let me exchange your pain for rejoicing. He took it on the cross. It literally tells us in Isaiah 53 that he bore our sorrows. He became Saruman. That was supposed to be a Lord of the Rings joke. He became full of pain. He became the pain man. Um, <laughs> and so there they stay as long as we keep them there. If our treasure is in the pain, we're in the, the, the notoriety that that brings. You know, I, uh, I could tell some funny stories about people coming up to me uh, in the past and saying, hey, I want a certain platform to speak my story uh, because, you know, uh, people need to hear it so they can be set free. And I said, I don't think that's the right thing for you. I think you still need healing. How can you possibly tell me about my own sense of healing? How can you deprive these people of my story, my story, of my story, so that they can be healed? And so, you know, we, we can get so infatuated with our own story, our own sense of success, or whatever it might be, even, even the goodness of our story. And this is so dangerous to say like this, but like sometimes we can get so obsessed with even with the things that Jesus has done for us that we forget that Jesus is the one who is in us. And it's his story ultimately, always to tell. So, and uh, lastly, he says in, in verse 54, and this is a great one for, uh, for these last days. <clears throat> he said to the crowd, when you see a crowd, when you see a cloud rise in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites. <laughs> Jesus. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret the present times? Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you are going with your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled to him on the way. And he may drag you off to the judge, and the judge will turn you over to the officer, and the officer will throw you into prison. I'll tell you, you may not get out, of, uh, you may not get out until you have paid the last penny. I'm going to go back up to verse 49. Uh, wait, sorry. Um, I'm just going to skip it. Oh, no, keep going down. And uh, in, in, uh, chapter 13 now, um, Jesus was asked about some, uh, some stories that were going on, much like today. There were these Galileans who went to the temple, and while they were in the temple, uh, Pilate came and killed them. So a bloodthirsty tyrant, autocratic guy, comes in and kills people in their, in their house of worship. Sounds potentially similar to today. And Jesus answered them back, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? Well, no, I didn't ask that, Jesus. You know, I, I, why are you talking about sinners like that? Like, wait, no, I'm not thinking about like who sinned worse. And, and Jesus is like, you know, hey, there, there's an issue of sin that's here. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. For those 18 who died when the tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you also too will perish. And he goes on with a similar story about this. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. In these stories, there were terrible things that were happening. And people were wondering, you know, how, how do I live my life so that that doesn't happen? How do I live my life? You know, should, you know, are there certain sins that I can do, but other ones I can't? And, and, and it was just in their mind, like, how do I survive? How do I live in this topsy-turvy world? And Jesus says, repent. Put your treasure in me, and you will live. What if a tower falls on you? What if a tower falls on you? And I'm not trying to be funny about this. I mean, we, 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 can, we create all kinds of prophecies in our, in our culture, in our world, trying to figure out who's evil can I prophesy against the most so then I can figure out what to declare and all that stuff, as opposed to saying, well, Jesus has forgiven everybody. <clears throat> Jesus has offered mercy to all of us if we just declare his, his mercy through the, 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 the forgiveness of sins through his gospel. How about we just start with that? And then, and then when it comes to why these things happen, how about we just instead just say, hey, all these things can happen. Let us put our heart and treasure in Jesus and, and let him figure this out for us. Let us not try to figure every little detail of why these things are happening. Is it this treaty or that treaty? You know, is there a wrong here? Because right now the news is screwing all of it up. 
as you're watching these things, it's terribly confusing. Instead, repent. Keep your treasure in Jesus, and your heart will be made safe. He's not trying to plan world events. He's not letting you plan world events. Jesus, as our head and authority, is not letting you do that. But look at the times and the seasons and what is happening. His name is being lifted up. His authority is being established. He is showing himself to be the head of the church. He is raising up a bride right now that is going across the world and is around the world right now, saving everybody who will listen to this word. And, and friends, uh, do not be discouraged and distressed at times like this. Ever, ever, ever. Instead, if you're having a hard time with that, return to a place of worship and return to a place of peace, return to a place of stillness, and then you will find the Lord that's there. In that passage about the, the magistrate, about the accuser, um, whenever you yourself are finding that accusation, well, these bad things happen because you just didn't care for your kids enough, you just didn't work hard enough at work, so you didn't get that promotion, that, uh, that person that you, know, that you love, they bypassed you because you're not wearing the right clothes. What he's trying to get at in this is don't, don't accuse yourself of these things. Make peace with whatever voice that is that's telling you that, and know that in all of it, you're good. You're, you're, you've, been, you've got your bills paid with God, you know, you, you've got clothes and, and food. You've got uh, you know, a, an eternal life with him. You've got a friendship with Jesus. You have all that you need. Set your heart and your treasure there, and none of these things are going to matter. Is that fair to say? Does that encourage you guys? <clears throat> so this is, our, this is the one that we serve. Um, he does come to bring peace for those that know him and follow him. In the world, you're going to have troubles. Always. That's just what he says. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to what he says. Um, his goodness revealed is inside of us as we keep our treasure there and our heart there. And so um, I'm going to end on that, and I, I think I'm going to also um, just pause a minute, a, a minute and, and ask him uh, to speak to us again. Because in, in these days, um, there's a passage where Paul says, be careful in, in what you hear, and I'm paraphrasing this, uh, because it can be a shame upon you to have to hear the things that are happening in the world. In their world, they didn't have social media. On mine, I can, I can you know, look up Ukraine on Twitter and see horrors of war. We really weren't meant to see these things. And so there's a sense of like, ugh, that comes upon us when, when, we, when we just turn on you know, the network or, or follow uh, Twitter, whatever it might be, and what I sense that God's in this room right now doing a tremendous cleansing in, in, in all of us. Um, it is something that I'm jealous for. Um, he is jealous for your purity, for being a spotless bride. Your job is to participate with him in this. You, you cannot be passive. You cannot simply... I'm sorry, I'm preaching you guys. <laughs> is that all right? I'm being a dad. <laughs> Uh, man, my little daughter, she's looking at me. She's like, have you ever experienced anything so intense as this? You know, her perspective was that, you know. And, and if I, I was into the moment, but if I let myself get caught up into it, maybe I'm afraid like her, and then she doesn't have somewhere to go. People need to know where to go. And so, you know, as an act of, of, of generosity to the people around you in this world, keep your treasure in Jesus. Because they're afraid. And, and Jesus is not coming back um, to each person individually to, to let them know you don't need to be afraid. He's, he's actually coming often through you instead. You are that non-anxious presence in this world. All right. Okay, let me pray. Father, uh, your son Jesus, he, he took on the punishment of, of, of sin. He took on uh, man's own fierce rage against, against you, against each other. He took on you know, separation so that we would never have to be. He, he took on pain and suffering. He took these things. Lord, I ask that you would, in this moment right now, give Jesus his glory by taking these things off of us. He, he said yes. He wanted to take 
all of this upon himself. He wanted to take the violence, the sludge, the shame. It was his joy to set us free. And so give him your glory, Lord. We, we, are, we are made of the earth, but filled with your spirit. That part of us, God, that's, that's still here on earth, remember our weakness and cleanse us, God. We, we are surrounded. Lord, you know, you, we are surrounded all the time with an, a bombardment of distractions, trying to, our, trying to lure our souls to be mired in the mud. And your son Jesus has already cleansed it all. And so, Lord, I ask that you, you would reveal your son Jesus as our treasure again. We, we love you, Jesus. You are beautiful to us. Father, I ask that you would reveal how beautiful your son Jesus is in this room. Reveal how, how high he is and lift it up. Reveal his power and authority to take away our obsessions and neuroses, our compulsions. I sensed, uh, as I was praying into this uh, last night, that there were, there were some here in this room anyway that, that you've been thinking, I can't get these thoughts out of my head. I can't stop thinking about this, whatever this is. Father, I, I declare right now your power here for this person or people, for these thoughts to never come back in the name of Jesus. Whatever they were ruminating upon, I ask that you reveal your son Jesus as the greater treasure. If it's understanding, if it's knowledge, you know, if you're trying to figure things out, whatever that is, it's a, it's a problem that they simply can't solve. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would now stop that dead forever. There were some also that, that they were experiencing compulsions. Like, like there was um, your desire and will to do a thing, but then you felt this like drag or this pull or this, this something telling you you've got to do this instead. And, and it pulls you off track against your will even. You know, it, it's not against your will, but it, it feels like it. It feels like almost like a violation of your mind uh, or of, of your desires. And, uh, and so, Father, I declare that ending now in Jesus' name. And instead, I, I just declare the peace, the shalom, the harmony in these folks. The mind of Christ, his quiet and still spirit. Lord, continue to speak and show the way. Yeah, there's the sense of abandonment where uh, it's like second, third grade or so. Um, you, got, you got left behind at a store or the mall or you know, somebody's house or school. Your, your parents didn't show up late. I don't know what it is. And, uh, and you've had that sense of being you know, left behind or abandoned, and, and it could happen at any moment. Uh, and, uh, and so, Lord, to that person or people right now, uh, thank you that you have planted them in family. Thank you that your son Jesus he experienced abandonment so that they wouldn't have to feel that anymore. Even though you were working in your son to save the world so that he was never apart from you, nonetheless he experienced what sin in us is like. And so Lord, that abandonment was placed on your son Jesus. And so Lord, I ask for a favor now to lift it off of this person and see abandonment now upon Jesus on the cross, taking it from them, transforming it now to be resurrected as life and freedom. And so, Lord, that, that feeling of abandonment, of being afraid, thank you for healing that now. Thank you for that, that planting in family, that, that there's a sense of belonging that you've never even had before, and you're, you're getting that now. And so thank you, Father, for giving that to whoever these people are. Uh, there's others that, it's like every time you hear a siren, uh, it triggers you. And you don't even know why. Uh, you just feel panic. I sense the Father right now, just speaking over you, it's going to be all right, my child. 
It's going to be all right, my child. It's going to be all right, my child. And I speak comfort into that place where there was panic. And thinking that you're displacing panic in this person or people's lives right now. So that when they hear a siren, they can intercede and offer comfort themselves. When they see an ambulance or police officer, they now feel like they are the ones that can offer comfort. Uh, so there's also, and, and, and sometimes just know that at the end of all these prayers, there's joy. <laughs> just know that, that in this place, you're amongst uh, family, that Jesus and his Father and his Spirit have surrounded us. And we, all of us now with unveiled faces, we can see his faces shining and we grow from glory to glory, which means that we've experienced a lot of the things that we are calling out, I'm calling out. So there's no shame. And you know, so I sense there were some that were abused by authority, specifically, I think, uh, it's almost like uh, institutional authority, like maybe even like police. Um, and, uh, and so what I just declare healing over that uh, in the name of Jesus. No matter what happened, no matter those intentions, Father, I ask that you'd remove institutional abuse from that person. And instead that they would see that, that which you have established here on the earth, is, is good for mankind, that you're behind the rising up of nations and governments and allow them to have peace in this because a, a sense that it's caused almost like years of rebellion in your life. And you've even had to rebel against the authority of God and it's caused so much pain in your life. And so Lord, to whoever that, that person or people are, I, I, I just declare that, that Jesus is a good authority. He will treat you kindly and decently, for he is meek and gentle of heart. And you can have rest now in your soul where you've always been restless, always run into the next thing, job, people, group, whatever it might be. And it's almost like it's become a personality disorder. And so I declare that your personality is made whole in Jesus Christ. There is a word that in Jeremiah 17 that's renewed in Christ. And Jeremiah said to me, it says, the, 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 the heart or the mind is deceptively wicked. Who can understand it? But then he says, heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. And so I declare over you, you've been given the spirit of God and a new heart and a new mind and a new personality now in Jesus. You've been defined by oh, the Enneagram. You've been defined by a diagnosis and no longer will you be defined by that in the name of Jesus Christ. And so I'm saying these things generally and out loud because these are sensitive topics. But whoever that is, just know that Jesus is right there with you. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you come and fill these folks now. Thank you that you displace the old and give to the new. <clears throat> Father, thank you that for whoever this person is, you have a new name for them. Uh, in Revelation chapter 2, uh, there's a name that you have for everybody. And it's a personal name that you have for them. And I, I ask that you would, you would just let them know who they are to you. And that, that, that passage is actually talking about identity and, and who you are in Jesus. You have a family who will love you. You've been dedicated to the Lord. I'm going to ask uh, the prayer team if they wouldn't mind coming forward right now. Um, we're going to continue on with ministry for a little bit. Um, there are, um, I'm going to also um, give an invitation that I felt led to um, for two things. Uh, if, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ before, um, if you have not decided to follow him before in your life, uh, I want you to come forward. I want you to stand and come forward. There's going to be a second type and, uh, and if you have walked away and you have felt like whatever had happened in your life was irreparable or you just kind of need to, to do some business with God and, and you have felt like a need to just reacquaint yourself with him, if you also would stand up and come forward. Um, these folks here will pray for you to do that. Um, you know, from time to time, we need to wash each other's feet. And that's part of the call of, of disciples is that we all have gone through a time where um, we're, either we came to the Lord and we had to you know, humble ourselves. It was difficult, 
but come to him and then we got, we got saved or acknowledge that we just needed to be cleansed afresh. Uh, come forward if you would. And if you guys would also just stand up, everybody. We're gonna be finishing up here in a second. I'm just waiting for one more minute, just seeing if the Lord wants to do anything else. Yeah. Jesus, thank you so much. All that was done that was good today was from you. All of it, Jesus. Jesus, you're faithful to shepherd your people. You're good and kind. Anything else? Okay. Well, friends, go in peace. Let Jesus continue to be the treasure of your heart throughout this week and these days ahead, and you will find peace. We love you. Amen. You've been listening to The Gate Charlotte's podcast. Consider subscribing so you don't miss a message. We're sending this to someone who might need encouragement today. Thanks for joining us.